Luke 7, 18. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. What things? The things that they forgot to see. John, calling two of his disciples to him, said to them, sent, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? That very hour, he didn't answer them yet, that very hour he cured many of infirmity, afflictions, evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, After he did that, then he answered them and said, Go tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Go tell John what you have seen, what you have borne witness to. So if Jesus in John 17, Jesus said, Father, they will know me, the church, the world will know me through the church. How is the world going to know that the Father sent Jesus through the church? They have to see something. They have to be witness to something, correct? Correct? Because Jesus, what Jesus said is not me. If you don't believe me, believe the works they've had. So what are, what are people seeing about Jesus? The, the, the true Jesus. What are they seeing? But it's a carnality that reflects, gives a poor reflection of who Christ is and what Christianity is. Because we all have messed up. We all have, we all have screwed up. But then there's a time God starts to work in you. He, I mean, when you're, if you're an angry person, He will fix that. Because He'll bring you to a point where you have to learn to love. And release anger. If you're a manipulative person, guess what? He'll fix that too. If you're a judgmental person, guess what? He'll fix that too. He's a great fixer-upper. He's a great fixer-upper. He's a jack-of-all-trades. But you see, the Lord brings you to a point in your life where you want nothing else but Him. And when you give yourself away, you start to really live the reality of the promises of God. John 8, let's go to verse 2. Now early in the morning, this is Jesus, He came again into the temple. This is what He normally does. And and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst. Now, to tell you how, how bold these guys are. He's sitting there teaching people. They just walk in now. The scribes and Pharisees with, with people following to see what's going to happen with this woman caught in adultery. They just barge in. Okay? Brought this a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, so they took, now brought her in the middle, and everybody is surrounding her now. She's the center of attention. Jesus, Jesus there in, in the middle with her. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Alright? Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, 
But what do you say? Now they're trying to set him up. What do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So he's kind of acting like he's ignoring them, but he's not really ignoring them. And they continued asking him. So that means that they waited for a response. They're not getting one. They kept asking. Then he said, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down, wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, convicted by their conscience, went out one by one. So they turned and walked out with a tail between their legs. Beginning with the oldest, even to the last. So all those who came barged in, walked out one by one. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus has raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Or has no one sentenced you or judged against you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now the reason why I wanted to read that, what did you all know what Jesus showed? That Jesus showed not only wisdom, he showed compassion. He showed wisdom and he showed compassion. He didn't he knew the woman. The woman knew she was guilty. He knew she was guilty. But he said, I don't condemn you. Because those who are condemning you, they are guilty also. And later on he said, I didn't, Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to, but to the world through them might be saved. But wisdom and compassion, is the world seeing that in the church? Are they seeing wisdom? Are they seeing compassion? What we forget, before we were saved, we were just like the people in the world. And Jesus expects us. He knows they are lost. He said, look, I've come to the lost sheep of Israel. I come to the lost. I know they're jacked up. I don't expect them to behave any different. And we forget when we get saved that we used to be like these people in the world. And somebody had compassion on us. God had mercy. We were supposed to... He could have let the devil loose on us and we could have been dead. But Lord had mercy upon us. He had compassion to keep giving us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to come to Christ. Amen. And we also have to have the same compassion with people. When, when I go, when, listen, when I am around people, I know they're not saved. I, when they start cussing, I don't expect them to behave any different. Mm-hmm. I remember I was witnessing to a girl this week or last week. Just talking. Because I was, I, was, I was talking and telling her about what's going on with a church, a church. She said, I'm giving her a testimony in my life. She said, wow, I want to hear more. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, so I know the Lord is opening her heart. But then in, in, in a minute you hear her talking to somebody about something. Oh, 
okay. I, I understand where they're coming from. I used to be like that. So we have to be very be careful that we don't become like the scribes and the Pharisees. Become religious people trying to dictate to people how they should live. We have to let them see it in us. They have to see, the only way they're going to see Christ is in us. How we, number one, how we respond to them. How we treat them. And a lot of things are going to irk us. Listen, Jesus didn't let this, this woman's sin didn't bother him. He understood she was a sinner. But he showed her compassion. Now who knows? Did she ever go back and commit adultery? Who knows? He said go and sin no more. That doesn't mean she didn't go back and do it. Yeah. But he showed her compassion. Okay? So we as the body of Christ, I, I just give you an example. Wisdom. Just wisdom. The church is supposed to be made up of all people of different cultures, religion, and not religions, cultures, backgrounds, come from different religions, religion, walks yes. of life. Mm -hmm. The world is supposed to see the wisdom of God. People of different races can live in harmony. The church is supposed to reflect that to the world. Demonstrate it. Because in Christ there is no Indian, there is no Negro, there is no White, there is no Asian. There is none of that. We are all one in Christ. The church is supposed to reflect to the world that life of oneness. People of different races can live together. People of different socio-economic backgrounds can live together. There is no you up there and me down here. Mm -hmm. Jesus gave the example by the wedding feast. He said somebody invites you to a wedding. Don't go sit in the front row. Mm -hmm. Sit in the back. And if they want, they'll invite you to the front row. Have a heart of humility. Mm -hmm. You see? This, they're not seeing, the world is not seeing that. They see a lot of very strict, regimented kind of people. You can't expect the world to behave like, like, like the church. And it's even worse when the church is not behaving like the way they're supposed to. They're acting like the world and they want to tell the world to be, be like me. So they are being hypocritical, trying to tell the unsaved how to live, but they don't even have their act together. Mm. They condemn their own selves. Alright? So that's why I'm saying, I say, Lord, Sometimes, you know, people rub me the wrong way. And I have to say, Lord, please, give me a heart of compassion. Help me to be patient with them. Because they don't see the way I see. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, they don't see the way I see, Father. They don't understand. Oh my God, when you, if you read the Beatitudes, you hear the heart of God, the love of God in what Jesus is saying. They don't understand what the Father has in store for them. When Jesus preached and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. What is the good news? The good news is that you don't have to be, you don't have to be inferior in your thinking about yourself. The good news is that you, whether you're rich or poor, we are all in the same playing field in God. Level playing field in God. God, there's no preferential treatment in God. It's how much do you want God? How much do you want what He has for you? How much are you willing to lay down your life? Rich or poor, it don't matter. If you read the history of some of the people who God used, uneducated people, some educated, but if you read about all of them, what they had? A hunger for God. They had a hunger for God. Smith Miguel Wigglesworth, if you ever read it, I read up on his biography. And all he was it, I want to I just want to wear some good shoes and some good clothes. 
But the Lord so passed that. He had a hunger for God. Right? And that is what God's looking for. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter. Something that's me, I was speaking to a brother of mine. And he said, let me be very careful what I say this. There's a church he visited. And he saw preferential treatment in the church. He never went back. Because he hates to see bigotry. He hates to see discrimination. Mm-hmm. He hates it. And those things get him. He said those things get me. He said you want to hear me start getting vocal? Let me be around people who are like that. So this is what somebody sees in a church. And they don't say, I'm not coming back to that church. That's not a place for me. That's not, that's not a place for me. So we are, so I, I'm just saying this about our lives. You know, we have to be very careful when we are dealing with people. I'm not, it's, this is not about, this is not about trying to put on a, a fake anything. This is about just being. Let the Lord use you and be. You have to have the true love of God in you. And check yourself because the enemy is Look at him. Oh, look at her. She ain't dressed right. She has an odor. She ain't randomly. Whatever. You know, we, we see people, people and we, 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 we judge them. We, we, we have an opinion about people first on a first appearance. But we have to get past that. We cannot be like the world. It happens, but check your, check your thoughts. Because the enemy will use that. Your, your own prejudices against you. He will use that against you. To cause somebody to be a stumbling block for somebody else. Matthew 10. Are you there? So Jesus is talking to the, to the uh, disciples. And if you go back to verse 5. I'm not going to read that. He said to them, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter the city of Samaria. Samaritans. And you know why he said that? Because he already had a plan for them. That was the Apostle Paul, who was to come. Paul wasn't even saved yet. But he told them, don't go into the Gentiles. He already, oh my God, I have to tell you how awesome God is. Before Christ even died, and Paul was coming down the road, how many, I don't know, in the future, Paul was already con- he was going to be persecuting the church. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't even know the, the plan God had for him. And he told them, don't go to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason for that. Anyway, as you read back, hindsight, you could 2020. And then verse 7. <clears throat> he said, as you go. He said, go to, verse, verse 6. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Let's start with, with the children of promise first. And as you go, preach, say in. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Saying, you go saying, announcing, making a proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand means what? It's close. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. They were demonstrating the kingdom. And this is part of what the kingdom has. Is about mm-hmm. second. These are set, the only is of people being set free. The captives are being set free. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Right. Cast out demons. 
Captives, people in captivity are being set free. This is the kingdom of God. This is supposed to be the norm in the body. People getting prayed for and getting healed. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. But we, I mean, we see a miracle. We, we like freak out. It's like, whoa! But this has to be the, this is going to become the norm. Where we wouldn't even, it wouldn't even sweat it. It will be expected of us. Because Jesus said, I'm coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I am building my church. So they're not going to be just churchgoers, pew warmers, or seat warmers. These are going to be people sold out to God. These are people living in reality of the promises of God. Alright? Okay, so, <clears throat> let me touch on a few things here. So, as I'm, I was reading this about what Jesus, who Jesus is, and um, do you see him? So when Jesus, and um, I'm not going to go to these, uh, and in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, Jesus is telling them before he ascended, he said, go in all the world and make disciples. Teach all nations. Teach them what? What I have taught you. Mm-hmm. Proclaim the good news of the, the gospel of the kingdom. Heal the sick. Set the captives free. Demonstrate. John 17, when he said that the world will know that you, Father, sent me. When we go and proclaim it and demonstrate it, it reveals that the Father sent Christ. It reveals who he is. Oh my God. That is so wonderful. So the image of the church has to change. And it will change. Why? Because the Lord said it's done. Okay? Alright, so... So we have to be preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Not the gospel of man. Mm-hmm. Not the wisdom of man. Not the philosophies of men. The gospel of the kingdom. We don't have to advertise ourselves consistently. We, have to, we are an advertisement. Our lifestyle is, an, is the advertisement. Alright? I am prophet so and so. I am apostle so and so. I'm evangelist so and so. I'm a Christian. My Bible, I walk with my Bible. Okay? Okay. Are we led by the Holy Spirit? Or are we led by our own desires? Mm. Are we led by our own ambition? Mm. Okay. Led by the Spirit. Teach and speak with authority and exercise that authority. Do we speak with conviction? Do we talk like we know what we're talking about? Do we speak to people at their level so that they understand what we are talking about? Or do we talk like up there? The Bible says, condescend yourself to men of low estate. Bring yourself down to their level. So that you can relate to them. That's what Jesus did. Jesus always did that. He always brought himself down to whatever level it was so that he can relate to people. And Apostle Paul did the same thing. He said, I am all things to all men. I'm all things to all men so that he can relate to people. Meet them at their level. Okay? But do we teach and speak with authority? Or are we, are we just full of ourselves? Just throwing around a lot of religious terms and people are like, what are you talking about? You know? We won't need gimmicks. We will not need gimmicks. Because as, as I reread in Acts chapter 5 there, in Acts 5, what we saw, we saw people's needs being met. And people heard and they were coming from all over. 
Did they have a, a advertisement? Did they send a, a, a blast on Facebook? Mm -hmm. Or did they have did they have a radio advertising, web advertising? No. People heard. Well, that's how you use Facebook now. Hey man, this is what's going on here. Boom! Everybody here that like, people come running. Well, that's how you advertise through Facebook. Or whatever social media. Twitter or whatever. But the thing about it is once people know something is happening, if it's a value of them, they will find it. Because they will it will they, they will disseminate that information. So you won't need gimmicks. You won't have to have a, a, a whatever plan or this program. Or when I hear the word program, I start to freak out. I'm like, oh my God, another program. I'm like, what is the Holy Spirit saying? That's the first thing when people say they want to do. I say, okay, is this the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit saying to do this? Preach it. We won't need gimmicks. Next, the fruit will be evident. Exercise in love. They will see it. All right. Next. It will glorify the Father and be a witness of the presence of Jesus. It will glorify the Father and be a witness to the presence of Jesus. When we are walking with Christ, when we are walking by the Spirit, Jesus is, re re is revealed. They see Him. The essence of God is in us and is revealed through us. Oh my God.